Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse, on your way to work, at the gym, wherever and whenever you have time to get updated. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. So, are you ready? Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, a market analyst based out in Australia. Josh, how are you? Hope you're enjoying the summer out there. Yeah, I am, Sam. Yeah, I'm very good enjoying the summer. Um, it's nice. Sometimes in, in Sydney, you don't get those those lighter evenings as you would in the UK summer. Yeah. But it was uh, it's a nice evening tonight. It didn't get dark till probably just after eight o'clock. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to make the most of it. Yeah, no complaints. For those that are in the UK, and most of our listeners are, uh, even though we do have listeners all around the world, welcome, of course, to those. For those in the UK, there's been this storm, and it's genuinely like keeping me up at night. It is mental. Um, so well done for everyone for surviving. Does it have that. a name yet? It does. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to try and get it wrong. I think it's Storm Aisha. Storm Aisha. Yeah, it is. 97 mile an hour gusts. Ooh recorded as heavy winds hit the uk and the rest it's mental it really is i think people are waking up with like new trampolines in their gardens and <laughs> stuff like that which they're probably not complaining about no. uh anyway our topics today other than the store we're going to talk about netflix had their earnings last night uh for those that are listening it is wednesday morning uh tesla earnings coming up and then we'll also talk about bitcoin which has come under a little bit of pressure recently josh sound all right to you does sound right, yeah, into the thick of earnings season now when those uh, big tech names start coming through. And, you know, we've obviously just got those uh, record highs for the market. So these tech names are going to be really key to make sure we stay at record highs as well. Yeah, that's right. S&P 500, new all-time high, along with the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq. The Russell, quite a far behind, but history shows when the S&P is at a new all-time high and the Russell is, you know, say 20% off it, uh, that it goes does recover quite well. Maybe one to look at Nikkei, 34-year high. If there has ever been a better time to talk about dollar cost averaging than in the Nikkei from 1980s, let me know. Uh, the Hang Seng under a bit of pressure still, but maybe is near a bottom. Let me know in the comments on YouTube if you believe that to be the case. But first, Netflix, we had their report last night. Firstly, how was it? Uh, what's been the immediate reaction? Any key takeaways? Yeah, great reaction after hours um, because it was a pretty huge end to the year for Netflix, to be honest. Um, 13.12 million new subscribers mm -hmm. in Q4, largest gain since the pandemic. And that's taken its total subscribers to over 260 million. So really good numbers all in all when you're adding those kind of new additions you know, the, the street's going to be ultimately happy with it. And, and that's what we've seen so far. And it comes on what has been a pretty roller coaster couple of years for Netflix. Um, but they've sort of come back with a vengeance in 2023. We saw some of the strongest growth in its history. Um, so we had a solid content slate, which is obviously key um, when you're selling a streaming platform. But of course, we had the well-known crackdown on password sharing and of course, it's new cheaper advertising tier as well, which is starting to, to sort of really bear fruit and will continue 
to bear fruit over time. So not only are you attracting subscribers to that tier, you're also bringing in you know, millions of dollars in cash from some of the biggest advertisers in the world as well. So for the full year 2023, they added 29 million subscribers. And that was, as I said, the second highest in history, which was just behind that pandemic year. So that was a, a stark turnaround from the 8.9 million additions that we saw in 2022. So capping off a good year, but don't expect the same in 2024. You know, pretty moderate guidance for subscriber growth in 2024. But I think there's still plenty for investors to be sort of happy about. We're going to see mm -hmm. revenue growth coming in at double digits uh, for the year. And that's going to be thanks to those price hikes. They're going to be coming through again. So not great for us as a consumer, but great for the model. Uh, and of course, that advertising tier as well is going to continue to to sort of keep paying off for Netflix and profitability. One of the real key numbers that I think investors have always looked at for Netflix, that's going to be set to be the highest in history. We're looking at potentially around about 30% growth for 2024. We're set to see gross margins expand. So if all of that sort of comes through, you know, it's going to be great, but those expectations are high. So they've got to deliver. Um, but yeah, look, I think they've really done well over the last sort of 12, 18 months, maybe even two years. They've sort of moved from strength to strength. You know, they're, they're delivering that profitability, as I say, that it sort of really has longed for. Mm. Competition is is still really high and it's right there. And that's going to be a key challenge over the next year from the likes of Disney, Apple, you know, Comcast, all those sort of big names. So I think cost control there is going to be vital to keep profitability high, keep those margins coming through, free cash flow, uh, its cash balances at the moment are looking pretty, pretty solid. So really financial strength looks really good for Netflix. And that has been a cause of concern for the company in years gone by. So I think it leaves them in in a place to to have, you know, plenty of, of sort of growth on the horizon. Uh, and I think investors will be pleased with that. Um, some Obviously some huge news from, Obviously, the the wrestling deal yep. that came out just before earnings, you know, that's again another way to sort of inject um, something new into the business, attract new subscribers, but also advertising um, as well. And and that was a ten year agreement as well to sort of bring through what is you know undoubtedly one of the most popular sports um, in mm. the world. Um, so entertainment, let's say sports yes. entertainment. Um, you know, so it's up there, uh, you know, we, we, you have, you know, not just children, it's, it's sort of, you know, adults that, that sort of a real dedicated fan base to this. So that's going to be a huge, a huge coup for them. Um, but also it sort of follows a successful move into gaming as well. They, they brought through GTA or, or Grand Theft Auto, uh, onto mobile and, and the game has actually become Netflix's most successful gaming launch to date. Um, that was from installs engagement, you know, we had, they actually said that consumers were simply signing up to play those games. So that's successful in itself. But, you know, that is a very small part of Netflix's business. Um, but gaming, I think, is one of those parts of the business that will, you know, it will attract new subscribers, but it'll also keep them. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Sam, but you can actually get Football Manager on there. I heard, uh, yeah. I heard, yeah. So, you know, that is an app that I would probably download. Um, so, you know, that is, that's a nice attraction. But yeah, look, a decent result all in all. Profitability coming in 2024. Expectations are high. So they've got to deliver. Um, but yeah, they, they've capped off what was a, a pretty solid 2023.
Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was pretty good. I mean, football manager is dangerous to get that. It is beyond addiction, isn't it? I mean, you can find yourself in twenty thirty four in no time. Um, but yeah, interesting news when that dropped about the the partnership with the WWE. I thought, do you drop this news because you know your earnings aren't going to be that good? That was my gut feel. But then we're you know trading nearly ten percent high higher near a two year high for Netflix. Uh, and it's not just Netflix investors that are happy, obviously, with that deal with the WWE Rock, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, uh, too. I think he's getting paid around $30 million. And uh, his first ever wrestling matches were paid 40 bucks to wrestle in a car park. So he's come a long way. He's done all right, hasn't he? Uh, and let's be very real. I think Netflix investors are going to be pretty happy uh, about the direction of travel really since mid-2022. Uh, we're still a little bit off those all-time highs that we got uh, towards the back end of 2021, but that means maybe price targets are, are there to be taken. I did a video earlier uh, on Trader Talks, so do check that out if you want to look at it from a more technical point of view. Josh, you mentioned earnings are getting a little bit more interesting now. Next up, then we've got Tesla, uh, which, of course, the retail crowd are very interested in. They report their earnings after the market close on Wednesday, later today. What should we be keeping an eye on? I mean, look, year to date, it struggled a bit. But at the same time, we're still up an awful lot over the long term. So I think most people will be happy, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone will. And we're you know 50% lower than the all-time highs. So things are a little bit on edge. But that makes it interesting. Uh, so what have you got your eyes on? It does make it interesting. And you're always going to have an interesting time with a company like Tesla when mm -hmm. you've got the eccentric Elon Musk in charge, um, obviously coming off the back of his tweets, talking about ownership and, um, you know, AI and rolling out new parts of the business uh, when he doesn't have complete ownership of the business. So again, a roller coaster for Tesla owners as well. But what to expect? Well, They've not actually had a great year in terms of if we look at the full year 2023, they've missed earnings expectations twice out of the three times uh, so far in, in 2023. So I think, you know, investors are going to be looking at this, uh, hoping they get a bit of a win to round off 2024. And we do tend to see plenty of volatility around Tesla earnings as well. Um, over the last sort of 10 years, on average, we've seen about an 8% move after results, uh, with the last four results being 10% moves. So we can expect... Uh, to see plenty of volatility, you know, if if it's a beat or if it's a miss, uh, either way. Uh, but those have been positive moves. So they have been, you know, on average, uh, we've seen a, an 8% move higher after results in the last 10 years. So, you know, that tends to show that they do pretty well. Um, but coming off the back of what was record deliveries in 2023, falling slightly short of Elon's target, but also at the same time, losing its EV crown to BYD, in the process as well so a couple of gut punches there for for mr musk and and he's not used to getting those but again much of those record deliveries has obviously come from the aggressive price cuts that we've spoken about quite a lot but what that has done is that has been very detrimental to margins throughout the year and that has been the key focal point and probably why the stock has has sort of come under pressure at times throughout the year and, and also to start this year because we're flirting with this idea of more price cuts. We saw price cuts in the US and China during Q4, which could ultimately be another weight on margins uh, for Q4 results. And I think that's going to be the focal point here. That's going to be the takeaway. 
you know, margins have been in free fall for the last sort of year or two. And investors are going to really be wanting to look at this report to see, you know, is some of that sort of bleeding being stemmed in the quarter, especially when it comes to sort of automotive margins, um, because they are some of the best in the industry. Um, but it needs to stay that way, right? And that's really important. That's why we we sort of put Tesla on a pedestal because of those reasons. But if we get weaker than expected margins, you know, that's simply going to put Tesla into reverse. You know, the, the share price is, is going to go backwards, no doubt about it, if we get weaker than expected margins. Better than expected margins, the opposite. You're going to see some positivity. Um, but I think that, and that some of that positivity is going to come here from what I think is likely to mark the bottom for margins because we should start to see margins improve in 2024 costs are declining lithium prices are down significantly which is making ultimately the cost to build batteries much cheaper so costs are on the way down which actually means you know tesla can cut prices if they want to be more aggressive and probably keep margins you know pretty well uh, where they are which is a positive uh for musk and and he has said that he will continue to sacrifice margins for for volume so we can expect to see that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more price cuts because, you know, this era of subsidies for new electric vehicles is beginning to end in Europe and in China. Um, and that has meant that we are seeing less demand. So we are still seeing growth year over year for electric vehicles. The demand is clearly still there, but it's probably less growth than what we've seen over the years. It's, it's, it's coming with less velocity, if you like. And I think that could be, uh, what compels Tesla to sort of keep prices lower in key regions, which again, will put margins uh, on the back foot. But positivities, look, I think there are plenty of catalysts ahead for Tesla. We talk about its supercharger network. It did deals last year with the likes of Ford, GM, and some other huge names. Those battery advancements, it's not just a, it's not an EV maker. It's, you know, an energy storage company as well. You've got full self-driving as well, which in itself is a huge bit of kit. AI, um, you know, Musk has come out a number of times saying, you know, Tesla is also a technology company. Uh, they've got Dojo, the supercomputer, Optimus, the Tesla bot, and then long-term EV demand trends as well. Um, that's obviously going to keep growing. And then we've got what is likely to probably be a more consumer-friendly priced electric vehicle, talking under, say, 30,000 US dollars, coming at some point uh, within the next 12 months as well. So Cybertruck, they've spoken about for a long time being a key driver. That's probably going to be out of touch or out of reach for a lot of consumers. But an EV that's priced well uh, is going to be really important because that is what, right now, is driving BYD. It's, mm -hmm. It is ultimately a cheap vehicle. And I think that is the one part of the Tesla business that it does miss uh, at the moment. So we're looking for about $73, uh, uh, 73 cents per share, sorry, uh, on about $25.5 billion uh, in revenue. So it's could, it could go either way. Um, but uh, either, either way, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be excited by Mr. Musk and his comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. Technically, yeah. it couldn't be more interesting right now i mean for anyone that looks at tesla uh, from a charting perspective or anyone who hasn't go check it out whenever it trades around 209 210 give it a little bit either way there's a reaction going back to where we were trading uh in october uh last year it then went higher it will take 35 percent then it was trading there in august 2023 went higher 33 uh, percent it then broke 
and, and traded at that price in May went higher 40%. It was a resistance level uh, back in February 2023. It dropped 30%. Before that, it was also a resistance level in October 2022, and it dropped 52%. Before that, you're really starting to get the picture here. It was support in June 2022 and went up 50%. It did the same thing a little bit before that in July 2021 before going 98%. It's a key level. Things happen around here. If you're a Tesla shareholder in the short term, you don't really want to see price uh, by the end of the week trading below 200. Uh, if you're bullish and it trades above 210 towards 220, you're breathing a sigh of relief. And most likely you can start thinking about the direction of travel being to the upside. Another market that is pretty interesting right now is is bitcoin and and it's actually our last subject today as we we mentioned the title also gives it away um but i i thought it was quite interesting just you know in the build-up josh we talked about it a lot how and i would have talked about this a lot with colleagues in my office and i'm sure you'd have done the same that it's likely to be a buy the rumor sell the news kind of situation and for people that were relatively new to markets or relatively new to crypto Getting your head around that can sometimes be relatively tricky. It's like, well, hang on, we've just announced an ETF. Why aren't we going higher? Mm. And the, obviously, the you know, in theory, we've known about this for a very long time. It's getting priced in. People are buying that rumor. Headline comes out. Okay, confirms what we already knew. Right, take a little bit of profit. So on one hand, I'm pretty happy that happened because I wouldn't want to be necessarily sitting here and you know, Bitcoin be twenty percent higher and it. You know, that rule just doesn't exist anymore for this market. It just goes higher and higher. Obviously, it gives us a chance for it to drop a little bit for people to apply um to to buy lower down. And so overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. One thing I would would mention, there are a few people saying that, that sort of buy the rumor, sell the fact headline on its own is a little bit lazy. And I can half understand that. Uh, I mean, it, we we've seen over a double digit drop you know, just over the last two weeks. So I think we're down for the year. In fact, this morning, we just hit some important support around 38,000%. Uh, but since that ETF announcement, we have moved lower. The 10 ETFs, which were launched 13 days ago, let's call it two weeks, January the 11th, they attracted uh, over $4.7 billion. But I think investors overall were a little bit disappointed. A little on the face of it, 4.7 sounds great, but it is worth noting. And this is one of the reasons potentially behind the drop that a lot of this inflow into these ETFs came out of uh, Grayscale. So essentially investors who were previously investing in Grayscale, which by the way, charged considerably higher fees than these competitors, uh, they had the opportunity to, to get out. Um, and by doing that, exiting you know, the Grayscale one, going into you know, these new Bitcoin ETFs, it's not necessarily new money. Uh, it's just investors moving from Grayscale, that more expensive management fee to these new ETFs, which let's face it makes sense. If your management fee is considerably higher, let's say 2% uh, and you can get the option to to go down into the 1%, then it's a no-brainer really. Um, so look, kind of makes sense. I think that's one of the reasons behind it. Look, as, as we also know, this ETF is, is great news for the long term. It's another piece of the puzzle. I don't think the last two weeks worth of price action should worry longer term investors. Short term, it makes sense. Everyone's a winner. Everything's happy. ETFs in general do bring liquidity, but they also do enable investors to exit positions. 
you know and for those that did buy bitcoin a, a long time ago it made sense for them to to do that so i think that's worth worth mentioning for anyone that just thinks it's purely down to buy the rumor sell the fact there are other components in there we've had a phenomenal run a little bit of a breather i'm happy with that josh yeah and uh, you know i completely agree and we also did get a pump as well right we yeah. did move to 50k basically on yeah. the news and i think I think there's, you know, by the rumor, Southern sort of news really came in because of we had that false approval before it happened, which took yeah. the limelight off it. I really think we probably would have seen a bigger move higher if we didn't actually get that sort of false news beforehand. And then it was kind of like, well, it's not true, but it probably is true. We're going to get it now anyway. So it was kind of a, a mixed reaction all in all. Uh, you know, again, that conversation that you had was you know, the same the, the conversation we had in our office. And I, and I yeah. think it's pretty much played out as I'd expected that we would have that move. And then you don't really see much of a reaction. These flows are a little bit muted to begin with. You're never going to get hundreds of billions of dollars flow in in those first few days. Yeah, And that's the same with, if you look back at something like the gold ETF, had a slow start for a yeah, couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing. It was never going to happen overnight. You see that sort of slow reaction. Everyone's like, well, it's done nothing. And then that's when you see a little bit of a sell-off, but as you say, a bit of profit taking, you know, we've come all the way from, you know, the, I think, you know, 17, 18,000 all the way to up to sort of 15,000, only $19,000 off a record high. You've got to be taking that within under a year. So it doesn't surprise me, but there are still plenty of catalysts ahead for the full year. We've got rate cuts not too far away. The halving in April, I still think it sets up for a great year for Bitcoin and, and crypto assets uh, more broadly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Let us know in the comments if you agree, disagree. Always up for a discussion. Josh, we'll wrap it there for today, but things are getting interesting. Uh, earnings season really starting to pick up, so we'll be back next week to talk about more subjects. Josh, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. See you next week. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular recipient's investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results.